you know, I have had a lot of issues with my big toe, but I didn't even realize it was coming from my big toe for a while. And I actually developed a big corn on the bottom of my foot and my foot would get super sore after runs. And it really came down to me basically like twisting on the ball of my foot because that's how I was pushing off the ground. I wasn't even able to use my big toe or my toes at all. I was just basically pivoting and twisting to propel myself forward. Are you constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week on the show, we coach you to grow as a runner, just like the process of building a strong, durable home that will last a lifetime requiring little maintenance. The design and planning is your mindset. The foundation is your strength training. The framing is your run plan. The electrical and plumbing is your nutrition. The insulation, drywall, and flooring is your recovery. The landscaping and exterior is your race strategy. If you master the six parts of growing as a runner, your running will be strong and last long, hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Every week, we help a runner just like you build their dream home. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Attention all runners, are you tired of achy feet and that sluggish feeling during your runs limiting your performance? Well, today we're about to uncover the hidden secret of the big toe, and this will really revolutionize your running game forever. Welcome to episode 195 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Today, I get to chat with a running PT colleague of mine that you probably are already following, Dr. Lisa. Dr. Lisa is a physical therapist that specializes in the prevention and treatment of running injuries and has helped thousands of runners from across the globe. She's on a mission to inspire and educate runners all over regarding whether you're experienced or not, um, no matter the age, and that you can actually continue running pain-free. She is a true believer that movement is medicine. And after this conversation, you're going to want to go ahead and follow Dr. Lisa on Instagram at dr.lisa.dpt. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lisa. How are you today? Wow, that was a great introduction. Probably the best one I've ever had. So thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Oh, I am excited to have this conversation. Uh, this is a topic that we haven't talked about on the Healthy Runner podcast before. So I am uh, thoroughly excited that you're here to share all of your knowledge and wisdom. And guys, in this episode, Dr. Lisa is going to expose runner's hidden secret of the big toe so you can optimize your running. Following this educational chat, you will never underestimate the potential of your big toe any longer. So now let's embrace this hidden secret and watch your running performance reach new heights. So the first question that we ask all our guests on the podcast, Lisa, is really, you know, where do you call home? And give us a little bit more backstory on how you have gotten to this point in your career journey. Yeah, it's always wild to think about all the steps you take to get to a certain point. But I'm in Richmond, Virginia. I grew up in Richmond and I went to school in Winchester at Shenandoah. And after I went there for undergrad, played college softball, wanted nothing to do with running. And then I went to grad school at Shenandoah, started getting into running because it was all I had time for, really. 
And after I graduated from Shenandoah, that's when I moved to DC for a couple months. Um, it was just not home for me. It was, you know, a little bit more crowded than Richmond. So I did end up moving back to Richmond after that. But while I was in DC, that's when I started treating runners and I worked in a sports medicine clinic that basically saw like 90% runners. So that's when I started getting more into running. And once I moved back to Richmond, I continued to treat runners. And I think I just kind of fell in love with the stubbornness and discipline that runners have and just really enjoyed learning more and more about running because I mean, let's face it, we don't learn a ton about running mechanics in PT school. So I think it was definitely something I kept picking my mentor's brain about and realized I really do enjoy treating runners and getting them back out there. Yeah, I just love that, that you really early on kind of found, you know, your passion and your niche and, you know, you got all those reps under your belt uh, while in DC and sounds like you're in a a little better spot uh, for living um, where you are. And yeah, Shenandoah here is a great PT program. I've always seen, you know, clinicians from there, like national conference and things. Um, So I hear great things about, you know, the program that you went to. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you've definitely found your niche, uh, for working with runners a lot earlier than I did in my career. So I was like 15 years into my, (laughs) you know, PT career journey. Uh, so yeah, kudos to you for finding that early on. And I just love, you know, all of the amazing content that you're putting out there, um, for public consumption, right. And just, and everything that, you know, you stand for, I'm firm believer of, you know, keeping runners running, right? And that they don't need to stop running um, just because they have an injury. And, you know, like you, all the stuff that I learned, and heck, I'm a lot older than you, right? Like all the stuff I learned in PT school was definitely not specific to like runners and how they should be treated differently. Um, So I definitely learned that, you know, throughout my career process. And it sounds like you picked up on that early and often, which is amazing. And um, yeah, I just love everything that you're sharing. And then I know you mentioned that you really started getting into running. It sounds like you probably viewed running as like a punishment, right? For like softball practice, you guys did something you know, wrong or you didn't, you know, you got like killed by a team and it was like, you had to do laps and you had to run extra practice. So like running was like a punitive thing. And, you know, how did you wind up, you know, kind of like embracing running and kind of, you know, finding the joy in the sport, um, post softball years? Yeah. I mean, talk about back to softball. I mean, my high school coach told us that we would run until our tongues fell out if we did something. So, I mean, I really hated running (laughs) and I think I got into it because of more of like the mental side, just to relieve stress, clear my head. Um, That was happening in grad school. You know, I'd go for like a three to four mile run when I could in grad school. And then after grad school, when I was treating runners, I was very like, you know, I think it was right when the Marine Corps marathon was coming up and all these runners are flooding in with injuries And I was, you know, picking my mentor's brain and stuff like that. But I was also thinking, you know, I, I really want to put myself in their shoes, not necessarily injury wise, but in terms of just running and picking up my mileage a little bit more. So that's when I started being more like inspired and motivated to run. Plus, I had beautiful views in DC when I was there. So I think my patients actually inspired me to run more than anything. And I think that's really cool because I really think runners found me. I didn't necessarily find running, if that makes sense. So when I moved back to Richmond and Richmond is just home to me and I just remember posting on Instagram like pictures of myself basically after run, just hold myself accountable. And I would start, you know, adding a couple tips here and there. And then I realized there's just a ton of bad information online. I mean, you know that, I know that. And it scared me. It scared me to think that people would be injuring themselves more or hurting themselves more with this information that was um, posted online. And that's when I started getting into posting more online and being able to help runners and maybe that don't have the resources or maybe just don't know the information to be able to 
get better and run pain free. Oh, I love it. Yeah, just taking that information that we're learning, right, and just sharing it with others who are struggling with kind of some of the same sticking points, right, in their running journey. And is there any specific uh, race that you are currently training for right now? I am. I'm training for the Richmond Marathon. Very excited about it. I definitely, this has been like a hilarious, like mindset shift for me in my head um, because I definitely thought about it. Like it's like it crossed my mind in the beginning of the year. And then I was like, no. And then I was like, well, let me like try to train for it, but not sign up for it. You know, like, let me see where it goes. And then my friend was like, why don't you just sign up for it and commit to it? She's not even a runner. And she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just sign up and commit to it. And and then I guess like two months ago, I was all in. So I'm very excited for it. Very nice. So first marathon, right? Yep, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Very excited. Uh, have you run a half before? Yes, I've done the Richmond half twice and I'm doing the Richmond marathon. So it's a familiar course and it's like 10 minutes down the street from me, which is always nice. So, and there's not many hills in Richmond, which again, just checking off all the boxes for what I want my ideal first marathon to be. So I'm pretty excited about it. I'm actually enjoying this training a lot more than even like last year training for the half. I think I'm not even close to being burnt out, which I thought I was going to be. And just learning more about running and myself and everything that I'm experiencing and like how my mindset has shifted as well. So it's been a really cool experience. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I did for my first marathon. It was like choose the local one that I had run the half for four straight years prior to the full, you know, it was like familiar territory. I knew where to park. I knew where everything was, right? You didn't have to worry about like all those logistics to like add a different level of anxiety of you like, wow, this is the first time I'm finishing 26.2, right? Um, And yeah, here the Richmond Marathon is a great race. We had a couple of athletes run it last year. Um, And yeah, that's definitely on my bucket list eventually to uh, do Richmond. So yeah, Mm -hmm. hopefully uh, training is going well for you. Yeah. It's time to take a real quick break. And before I say any more, I truly hope the message so far today has benefited you either from a running or a health standpoint. Maintaining healthy feet are one of the critical parts to growing as a runner. Staying in line with that theme, I wanted to take this opportunity to share with you one of my favorite recovery brands on the market today, and that is Naboso. It's a company that is dedicated to redefining what's underneath your feet so you can feel more to move better as a runner. From a movement prep before your runs to foot recovery after those hard speed workouts or long runs, Naboso's Texture Products lets your senses guide you and connects you to your exercises and your running by strengthening your feet and helping you recover from those runs. Want to learn more on how you as a runner can activate, strengthen, and recover from running? Listen to episode 116 on this podcast to learn from Naboso founder, podiatrist, and human movement specialist, Dr. Emily Splickle herself. Dr. Emily shared with us the importance of foot stability for runners, what is sensory stimulation, the benefits of toe spacers, and barefoot training for running. There's so much value in this episode, so be sure to go back and queue up episode 116 on the Healthy Runner podcast to listen to during your next long run and learn about why I just love my Naboso products to get me through my personal training. I've been using Naboso Splay, which are toe spacers that are flexible to help improve circulation at least once a day, once I take my shoes off for the day, and I've just noticed a considerable improvement in my toe alignment from my hammer toes. I also love the Naboso Recovery Ball to get out any trigger points in my foot muscles, as well as the recovery socks that are textured and feel like a massage for my feet after my hard runs, and I even like them better knowing that they help stimulate my nervous system to enhance muscle activation and movement with their patented textured surface on the inside of the sock. I really couldn't imagine, honestly, half marathon or marathon training without the help and assistance of Naboso's products, which has helped keep me healthy as a runner. 
You can learn more about Novoso's textured products and how it connects you to your exercises and your running by strengthening your feet and helping you recover from your runs. Since you're a part of our Healthy Runner community, you will get 20% off all of your orders. Just use code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order using the special link we have for you in the show notes. Go ahead and give Neboso a try and your feet will thank you for it. I know mine already have. Now let's get back into this episode. So for context today, runners, um, we're going to delve more into the recovery bucket of our six steps to growing as a runner. And so you don't underestimate the potential of your big toe any longer. We're going to really embrace this secret um, in improving our performance um, as we get going here. So yeah, the first question that I have for you, Dr. Lisa, is... um, First off, like why is foot health important for runners? I think that's a good question. And it's something that now that I've turned 30, I'm paying way more attention to. It's funny how everything shifts. But I mean, your foot is the foundation of walking, running, static balance, dynamic balance. And It's so important to take care of your feet because if your feet are compensating, if there's stiffness or weakness going on in your foot or both of your feet, then it's almost like your entire kinetic chain can be out of whack, even up to your lumbar spine or your thoracic spine. So just paying attention to how your feet are moving in a shoe, out of a shoe, when you're running, and then any stiffness that's going on is super, super important. And again, like I said, now I've turned 30, I'm like, okay, does this shoe have a wide toe box? Like what's the arch, you know, and what's the stability like in this shoe? What's the weight of the shoe? Because it all matters. And your foot, you know, I feel like a couple years ago, the hype was about the hips and kind of working from the top down. And now research is really coming out talking about bottom up um, rehab and prehab, being able to look at someone's foot and their big toe and ankle and then look at the rest of the body as a whole picture. Yeah. And there's a lot of forces that are transmitted right through our foot and ankle when we run. Um, You know, the bones are super small in comparison to our larger bones in the shin, in our thigh, um, in our pelvis, right? So there's a lot of force that's transmitted every single step that we take when we're on one leg running. Um, so the foot, it, it can take a pounding. And if we don't, you know, take these steps to really recover and take care of our feet, um, like you said, definitely, I would say once I turned 30, I realized that as well in your 20s you could pretty much get away with most things, even like some significant training errors. Um, In your teens, you probably get away with all things. Um, And that's why like somebody like cracks me up how, you know, high school cross country teams can go from literally zero miles one week. School starts, like school just started here and now they're doing like 30 or 40 miles. It's like you have any 30, 40, 50 year old, try that like there's no way they're running at all like the next day um, or the next week um, in terms of weekly mileage. So yeah, as we age, uh, we do need to pay attention to these things. And I think that's hard for runners to realize initially, um, especially if runners are getting into running because of, you know, fitness goals and weight loss goals. And, you know, they, they kind of view it as this activity that's supposed to feel like when I go to a spinning class, you know, I should be dripping sweat. It should feel like the hardest thing imaginable. And if you do that, when you run and you're just starting out, like your feet are going to like tell you, no, like you can't do that. You can't train in that fashion. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. Um, it is, and, and you're right, like as far as like the PT literature wise and, you know, kind of movement and things always go in waves and shifts. Now, now I've been a, uh, a, a professional for long enough where I've seen the waves and the shifts go from 
when I first graduated, it was all about the foot and ankle orthotics. That was the thing. Like I did custom foot orthotics right out of school. And that was like my side hustle initially. And, um, you know, every patient I saw pretty much put in orthotics. I wore orthotics for a good 13 years before I finally started realizing some of the things you're going to talk about today was impacting me and my running. Um, so yeah, these things definitely come in shifts and the, the hip and, you know, some of the knee muscles were a big kind of wave and you're right. It is kind of pendulum shifting back to the foot and ankle, but in a slightly different way. Right. So as we kind of shift gears from the foot and ankle to like the big toe, right? It's like one little appendage we have in our body. Like, why is the big toe important for running? Yeah, I think it's it's like a golden gem. Like I did not know about this when I graduated PT school. I mean, I knew like a little bit about the big toe, but not to the degree that I understand it now. And it's like now that I understand the big toe and treat all these runners. It's like, oh, you have hip pain. I'm looking at your big toe. You know, you have low back pain. I'm also looking at your big toe because your big toe controls your arch support. It controls your foot stability. And if you don't have that stability, you're going to just going to be compensating. You're going to be, you're not going to be able to transmit those forces over your big toe during running, during push-off. You're not going to be able to generate enough power over your or sorry, you're not going to be able to generate enough power through your big toe, which means your running efficiency and your running form might be compensating as well. So I think just understanding that, you know, I like to think of the big toe as like the thumb of the foot. It's really hard to function without your thumb with day-to-day activities and then add weight bearing on top of that. And it's very difficult to function without it, but that's what a lot of runners are doing. And it can make a huge difference in your running and the strength that you feel when you're running and your power output. If you learn to use your big toe and stabilize with your big toe, like it's meant to do. Wow. I absolutely love that analogy. And it is like, I've actually never thought of it like that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to explain that to my PT students now. Um, I, I love that because, and I think we take it for granted. So if you're listening to this, right, like we take it for granted, we use our thumb, unless you've actually had thumb surgery before my wife did where it was like immobilized and you couldn't use it. Um, but if you like try to tape your thumb and then go ahead and just try to do anything in the kitchen, like you're going to realize how important that is. And I just love that link that you made in that our big toe, many people are totally fine, either ignoring it or having a mobility or stability issue and thinking like their running is going to, you know, be the fastest, be the best. They're going to stay healthy. They're going to get PRs without even having to think about it. And I just love that analogy because it is so important, as you mentioned, in terms of like stability of the arch, allowing proper mechanics with running. And if you don't have the mobility, then we can't run normally, right? So then there's compensations all the way up the chain. Um, whereas opposed to your thumb, like you're going to have to compensate in some way, but it's not the same because we're not weight bearing in our hands, um, unless you're a gymnast, of course. Um, but yeah, that's a, such a great analogy. I love that. Uh, thinking about that, it's like the thumb of the foot. I like yeah, that one. And it's always wild when I see a runner who's like, oh, I qualified for Boston. And then I assess them and I'm like, you're not using your big toe correctly. Like, imagine what you could do when once you learn and, you know, are able to develop these movement patterns where you actually can stabilize with your big toe and use your big toe like it's meant to do. So I think it's always cool. Like, you know, yes, you might be a good runner, but if you use your big toe correctly, you'll be a great runner. Oh, I love that. I love that saying. And yeah, there's so much uh, that they're leaving on the table, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, all right. So this big toe is important. So now how do we know if we actually have a problem um, with our big toe as a runner? I I think that's a great question because a lot of the time runners don't actually know they have a problem with their big toe. I mean, there are some telltale signs like if you have a running analysis done or someone's looking at your assessment, you know, with a squat, single leg squat, single leg balance or single leg heel raise, that's always going to give away if you're using your big toe correctly. 
Another good way to know if you're not using your big toe correctly is if you have developed bunions just from maybe transmitting those forces more on the medial side of your foot and not necessarily through your big toe. That can definitely develop a bunion. But majority of the time, if you're not, you know, maybe if you're having knee pain or hip pain, even ankle pain, you might not even be able to connect the dots that your big toe is not working correctly. And you might think it's more um, focusing rehab on the site of the injury. But I would say if you want to know if you're using your big toe correctly, a good way to do that is just stand on one leg in front of the mirror, check your single leg balance and barefoot and see what is happening at the foot. Are you tending to stabilize more on the outside of your foot, lifting your big toe, or are you able to actually push your big toe down to the ground, stabilize with your big toe? Same with the single leg squat, same same with the single leg heel raise. I love it. And with that single leg heel raise, if someone wasn't using their big toe, what which direction would they kind of shift their weight toward? Yeah, I usually see the heel coming up more laterally or out to the side. Again, like it's almost like hanging out on the side of the foot versus, you know, having that almost like tripod stance or I guess it wouldn't be tripod because the heel's not in it, but big toe and then the outside of the ball of the foot as well balancing you as your heel comes up in a single leg heel raise. So usually the heel will come out to the side and also big toe will lift every now and then. That's a pretty good sign you're not using your big toe correctly. (laughs) Yes. And that is so common. Uh, We see this in our runners uh, when we look at that single leg calf raise where, you know, you think of your ankles rolling out to the side. And for those of you who have sprained your ankle before, right, and your ankles constantly roll out when you're doing a calf raise and you see so many people in the gym or, you know, at home strength training and they're doing this incorrectly and they're like pumping out the reps, but their ankles like flopping out to the side, right? We want to actually use that big toe and drive it down into the ground so the ankle is more stable. So, you know, think about that. Um, you know, as you guys strengthen your calf muscle and think about the form of your calf muscle with that single leg raise. Um, So that's kind of a way that we can test for kind of stability of that big toe. I hope you are enjoying this episode and it is providing value for you. I wanted to take a brief moment to share a story of a real runner like you who is struggling with a common problem that you may be facing. Here is one of our athletes who got the guidance, support, and accountability from our Healthy Runner coaching team to get clarity and structure on the six steps to growing as a runner with personalized strength, nutrition, and run plans. I hope their story inspires you that there is hope to either get over your running injury or to continue getting faster or running longer so you can continue to get in those mental clearing miles and enjoy your running journey again. Here is their inspiring story. Hello, healthy runners. My name is Courtney White. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. I'm married. I'm 41 and I'm the mom of two girls. Dwayne had reached out to me and just asked if I would share a little bit about what my experience has been like thus far within the Healthy Runner coaching program. So I've been a part of the program since April of this year and been working with Coach Kat and she's been phenomenal. So a big shout out to her. If I'm like many of you guys, I am an adult onset runner. I did not grow up running. And so I began this running journey within my late thirties while trying to do so having three consecutive surgeries within the last three and a half years. Two of them were bunionectomies, so I wanted to correct that. And then one of them was an aroma that most likely developed because I was wearing two tight fitting shoes at the time. I was overtraining and not paying enough attention to things like recovery, strength training, and my nutrition. And so, What uh, I did was I did what most of us do is we just go online. I went on the internet. I found a plan. I was like, this is what you do when you run. You run and you just do it. And I didn't have any idea about how to tailor that plan to where I was within my healing journey for my feet. And so unfortunately, that led to more pain and more inflammation in my feet. And I developed metatarsalgia 
within the ball of my left foot. And if you've ever had that or struggled with that or been diagnosed with that, you know it's kind of nebulous. Uh, people say you have it. Well, it's just inflammation within your foot. And um, what I was told to do to fix it was just go to PT and stretch your calf and stretch your calf. And man, you have tight calves. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. And so um, I consulted with PT after PT, provider after provider. And finally I had one podiatrist look at me and say, listen, there's only one way to correct your foot and that's to have surgery. And for me, the thought of having another one after having had three and knowing what it had been like to start running, stop running, have an injury, have pain, I just felt sick to my stomach having to think about going through one additional surgery that may or may not fix the problem. And so I was told that's the only way when you're told something like that, if you're anything like me, you go, mm, I don't think so. There's got to be another way. I just haven't found it yet. But I was just in more frustration because I was just not finding the answers and nothing I was doing was working. And so I came across Dwayne's podcast. I don't know how I found it, but I did. And I felt like this guy from Connecticut who was passionate about running was reading my mail and he was speaking directly to the pain points that I was having, but he was also inspiring me with hope and teaching me things that I had never heard before. And so I reached out to him. I was like, what do I have to lose? I am in pain as it is, and I just can't get out of this injury cycle. And it's frustrating and I'm becoming depressed and more of a shell of myself. And so the first time I reached out to him, he and I decided that it was probably a little too premature uh, within my recovery journey to be able to commit to what the coaching program would involve. But fast forward six months from the end of 2021 to April of this year, I reached out to Dwayne again and I said, listen, I've got some things in place and I, I want to do this. And so he and I decided that uh, it would be beneficial for me to be able to commit to the Restore program and to do it. And I just can't be more thankful for what Dwayne and from what Coach Kat told me. Um, I was told surgery is the only way to fix your foot. I heard from them. There's other ways. And there are plenty of other runners out there, Courtney, that are doing what you do every day. And they're doing it well. And they're running with these types of these issues in their feet without surgery. And so I was like, what do I have to lose? So I joined the community. Um, I've been working with Coach Cat intentionally and consistently. And I'm proud to say that today, four months into this, while I am uh, slowly learning how to build my mileage back, I am running mostly pain-free. I haven't developed any additional foot injuries. And I have seen over the last four months that my feet can tolerate more of a load than they ever have. Some of the imbalances that I had had that were long-standing for me are uh, starting to balance themselves out uh, by me doing the work. And um, I'm looking forward to what may be next. Things that I've never done related to running that because of pain I would have been unable to do. Um, and I guess more importantly, I've been doing this and I haven't had one additional surgery on my foot the way I was told that that would be the only way to fix a pain in my foot. And... I'm doing this without having to go through that at this point. So I couldn't be more, be more grateful for Dwayne and the team for all that they do to help us as a running community be able to do the sport that we love, to be able to do it for the long haul, and to be able to do it injury-free. And so more than anything, I have just learned and benefited from having someone put a structure in place for me regarding strength training and runs that I need to be doing for this stage of recovery and healing and in my run journey than me trying to piece it together on my own. So couldn't be more grateful for Dwayne and the team and Coach Kat. And I'm not done working with her. I'm going to continue working with her within the longevity program. And we're going to see what's next. So um, I'm grateful because a coach is going to inspire you to do more than you think you can do on your own. And I just couldn't be more grateful for Dwayne and his team in giving me some tools and a change in mindset that I needed to be able to, uh, to be able to run and to run 
well at this stage of my life. So thank you to them. Thank you for the team. And guys, I don't know where you are today, but I, um, my hope is that you go out and you crush your workout, no matter how big or how small it is. And all the best to you in your running journeys. I hope sharing that story inspired you and provided you some hope. If you want the one-on-one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team of experts, check out the behind-the-scenes video tour of our signature coaching program you just heard about, including other stories from runners who are just like you and were struggling with the same sticking points before they signed up for our program. Just head to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to learn more and book your strategy call with me today. Now let's get back into this episode. How about, um, are there any easy ways to look to see if we have enough mobility of the big toe? Yeah. So a good way you can look to see if you have enough mobility in the big toe is just by picking up your big toe and standing. And then I would also recommend you know, record yourself walking from the side because that's going to tell a lot too. It's a little bit more difficult to see the amount of big toe mobility when you're running just because you're in a running shoe versus if you're walking and you can view yourself from the side and look at what's happening as you push off the ground because then you're in barefoot. You can see what's happening at the big toe. But I would say you know, those two ways would be, and then you obviously compare it to the other side. See, you know, if you're having pain on one side, uh, compare it to the other side and see how that side feels because that's going to be your norm. That's what you're going to want to compare it to. So if it feels tight and you're like, eh, it might feel a little tight, it's kind of hard to say. And then you compare it to the uninjured side or, you know, your healthier side, then that's when you can compare it and see, oh yeah, it actually does feel a little bit stiffer bringing my big toe up. Yeah. So for those of you who are watching um, the YouTube version of this video, I'm going to kind of demonstrate what Dr. Lisa is talking about is in this big toe, we should allow it to be able to extend. um, And when we walk, it should extend, or if you want to think of it as flexing over the toe, And we should be able to get, everyone can envision like a 90 degree angle or a right angle. We should almost get to that, like 70 degrees would be normal and anything less than that, then that's what we consider like hallux limitus. So you're limited in the mobility of your big toe. So now you can't transfer weight over that toe. And what's going to happen when you run, like Dr. Lisa talked about, the toe doesn't extend. So now you have to compensate. And usually we compensate by going out to the side. And that puts a lot of pressure on the inside part of that big toe. And then it eventually develops a bunion on your toe. So your toe is like coming inward and you wind up getting a little pinched callus, we call it on the inside part of your big toe. So for those of you who either get a blister if you really haven't trained and built up a callus here, but you did a race and you ran really fast and you had a blister on the inside part of your big toe or those that have a, a nice hefty callus there, then that's telling us that you're not entirely utilizing the function of your big toe like Dr. Lisa's talking about. So hopefully that low visual helped uh, explain some of that for you watching the video version of this. Yeah. And if, you know, I have had a lot of issues with my big toe, but I didn't even realize it was coming from my big toe for a while. And I actually developed a big corn on the bottom of my foot and my foot would get super sore after runs. And it really came down to me basically like twisting on the ball of my foot because that's how I was pushing off the ground. I wasn't even able to use my big toe or my toes at all. I was just basically pivoting and twisting to propel myself forward. So now that I've fixed my big toe, it's a whole lot better. So that's a relief, but it can just come in different shapes and sizes. I guess you could say how your foot is viewing, not being able to use your big toe correctly. Nice. So if someone looks at themselves walking, like you mentioned from the side view and they're seeing like, Hey, my big toe doesn't look like it's extending like that 70 degrees that Dwayne mentioned, or they even pick their foot up and, you know, they try to bend their toe back and they can't bend their toe back like 70 degrees. Um, 
you know, how can we improve the mobility of the big toe? Or like, what are your kind of go-to strategies to help work on some of this mobility of the big toe? Yeah, I love working on the mobility of my big toe after run. It feels so good just to like relieve the plantar fascia and also just stretch the big toe. So I personally like to just grab a door or like a hallway and put your big toe up into the wall and then the other four toes will drop down and then you just lean forward. So your big toes up into extension, other four toes are off the door or hallway and then you can just lean forward into the wall. And that's a good way to just work on the mobility in closed chain. So basically I'm leaning forward, holding two to three seconds and then pulling back. And I'm not just holding the stretch. I'm leaning forward and then pulling back, trying to keep my butt tucked. So I'm not sticking my butt back and really just working on just that big toe extension. Nice. So we're leaning forward, kind of propping up the big toe, almost like a little kickstand, I think of it as. Um, Some people can even like roll up a little towel roll. Sometimes if um, maybe if your knee is going to like hit the wall, you know, and you want to be like away from the wall a little bit or, you know, a half foam roller, if you have one of those at home or something like a yoga mat, you can even roll up, right? And kind of almost like kickstand the big toe. And then you're kind of lunging forward, almost like those that think about like a traditional calf stretch, a runner stretch uh, for the calf, Mm -hmm. but you're kind of propping that uh, big toe up. I like that. Um, I also like, you know, like the seated version for like a plantar fascia stretch, right? To kind of work on some of that toe mobility where you can bend the big toe back, but it is limited uh, by someone's hip mobility, right? And their ability to kind of be able to grab their foot and bend that uh, big toe back. But I like that weight bearing stretch um, that you mentioned. And my other go-to one that I like is almost like in a lunge position where it's now the back foot, right? And we're kind of propping up that big toe with, if you think of like a lunge, if you guys were thinking about the back foot of your lunge um, and just utilizing some of your body weight to just almost like a dynamic stretch for mobility of the big toe. And yeah, like Dr. Lisa said, you definitely got to do this. Um, After your runs is a great time and you do have to do it barefoot. So just in case anyone's trying to do this, like with their running shoes on, it's not going to work as well unless you have like super, super minimalist uh, running shoes that are very floppy and mobile. Um, I think what you mentioned is a good point though, because it's important to stretch out your big toe after run, but also you can work on the mobility when you're strength training. So if you're strength training, you're doing lunges, you know, the big toe or the foot that's behind you or back, you can start to work on that big toe extension, especially if you're strength training in barefoot or with barefoot shoes that are more flexible. It doesn't have to just be, you know, after a run, it can definitely be during these dynamic movements as well. I love it. I love it. Um, and so that's kind of addressed the mobility. And I kind of talked about the consequences. If we don't have enough mobility, we compensate and like pivot off the foot. And like you had mentioned, you know, eventually over time that can lead to a bunion. Um, what happens if we don't have enough stability of the big toe and like our muscles aren't functioning properly as they should? Things go out of whack. (laughs) Things definitely go out of whack. So basically, if you don't have enough stability, once the foot hits the ground, when you're walking or running, the big toe should be stabilizing in single leg stance as the other leg swings through. And if it can't stabilize, then like we said before, you're not going to be able to get your forces over your big toe for a powerful push off. You're also not going to have that arch stability and be able to control that arch with the plantar fascia is not going to be able to tighten up like it should for the push off as well. So a lot of it comes down to arch control. Maybe you see someone over pronating a little bit on one side compared to the other side, because now the posterior tibialis isn't able to work like it should. And I like to see the big toe, you know, it can sound like a lot of these different things, but it's almost like the big toe starts this, um, almost like cascade effect. Like once your foot hits the ground, big toe has to stabilize and then the arch can, the arch stabilizes and then your posterior tibialis and your calf can push you off the ground and propel you over your big toe for a powerful push off. So it's almost like if that big toe cannot stabilize on the ground, all of those other things are not going to be working hundred percent like they should. 
I love it. So what I'm hearing there is really it helps support that arch, right? And it helps take stress off of the fascia and it can even tension up the fascia to help with the mobility of the big toe, or as we call it, kind of that win last mechanism in the medical world. Um, so it is important in taking stress right off of commonly injured soft tissue structures in runners, right? So whether it is you have a history of plantar fasciitis, if you have a history of posterior tibial tendonitis or tendinopathy, right? This can be like a root cause of why these issues keep reoccurring in runners um, if they don't have that proper stability of their big toe. Um, am I hearing you correctly? Yep, exactly. I'll, I was going to say windless mechanism, but I mean, it really comes down to having that plantar fascia work like it should, the posterior tibialis work like it should. And it's just all starts with that big toe stability. And I mean, when my big toe wasn't working like it should, I mean, this took me way too long to figure out that it wasn't working like it should, but I was experiencing pain and tightness on the outside of my calf. So it's almost like, because I wasn't able to transfer my force over my big toe, I was pivoting on the ball of my foot. And then my foot would basically go into too much supination and I would just be hanging out on the outside of my foot. And that just caused so many issues up and down the kinetic chain, all on the lateral side of my body. And it really came down to my big toe, which is just crazy to even think about. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's great that you were able to get down to like the root cause of why your calf was hurting versus just like, you know, treating your calf and like rolling the calf and stretching the calf and every single like PT intervention that we have in our toolbox to the calf, but you never addressed that it was actually your big toe that wasn't functioning properly. Right. Um, so super, super important in how we recover from any running related injury, but you know, what are your go-tos in really improving big toe stability? Like, what are the exercises that you like to give your clients um, when your goal is to improve the stabilization of that big toe? Yeah. So a really good exercise to start with is toe yoga. I think that exercise is way harder than it looks and it can be pretty humbling. So what you're going to do is just sit on the, uh, or sit in a chair, stand up, and you're going to try to lift just your big toe up in the air and then relax it down and then lift the other four toes up as the big toe stays down. So you're alternating a big toe lift and then down and then the other four toes up and down. And that's just to be able to control the big toe. And I think once, once the, um, once you're able to get that, once it's able to click, that's when you can start working on stabilizing more in a single leg position. So even any, you know, strength workout or any strength exercise that's in single leg, just focusing on pushing that big toe into the ground is going to help stabilize it. And I see this a lot with my one-on-one -on -one clients when I work into a single leg squat and their big toes lifting or it's hanging out to the, they're hanging out on the side of their foot and maybe their knees caving in and just the cue to push their big toe into the ground and really focus on stabilizing through it it's like night and day with a single leg squat, which is kind of crazy with how one cue can just transform a single leg squat. But that just shows how important it is to stabilize through the big toe. Absolutely. And, you know, doing that in a weight bearing fashion, like you mentioned, you know, some may call that like a short foot exercise. And, um, you know, that's kind of, I feel like the most powerful like foot stability exercise runners can do is because they're teaching their bodies how to drive that big toe down and actually stabilize itself and activate the deep muscles underneath our foot. Um, and it, it is a game changer, but it, I will caution those of you who are in, you know, like me in your forties and fifties and above, um, this will take time and patience and I've shared on the podcast before my story of being in custom foot orthotics for 13 years. Like literally I had zero, zero 
activation of any of my deep foot muscles. I couldn't even spread my toes apart, Lisa. Like I was in my 30s. I was like mid-30s. I literally couldn't spread my toes apart. I was like, this is kind of sad. Like I'm not like 80, right? Like why can't I actually find these muscles? Because they all atrophied away because I was constantly in custom foot orthotics when I was treating in the clinic, standing on my feet all day long, teaching in the classroom, standing on my feet all day long, running, standing all day long, like constantly in orthotics where I lost literally the function of how to actually even activate these muscles. So I I get a lot of clients who get frustrated with it, or you might think, um, you know, I don't know how to do this. It's not for me. I'm not feeling it anywhere. Just give it patience, guys. And even like the toe yoga um, that Dr. Lisa mentioned, same thing. I couldn't do any of those exercises at all. Um, it was just a motor control issue where my brain cannot send the signals down to my foot to be able to like activate those muscles. But like once you learn how to activate those muscles, guys, it is going to significantly help your running and like help you heal from a lot of those common foot and ankle um, injuries, you know, like plantar fasciitis, posterior tib, tendinopathy are the kind of the two main culprits, but you had mentioned calf. So chronic Achilles pain or peroneal pain, if you struggle with that, or if you even struggle with, you know, first MTP joint pain and you have some arthritis in your first big toe joint, um, all of those conditions are going to benefit from this kind of, I call it the short foot exercise, like Dr. Lisa talking about driving that big toe down. And it's funny you mentioned that in the gym because I am so consciously aware of that now when I do all my single leg exercises and I'm wearing my zero drop shoes in the gym and I'm really learning how to activate. And I always think about like, wow, like I couldn't do this like a couple years ago. And it feels so empowering and I feel so much more stable and I can like, you know, add it, some load to it, be able to balance on one leg. And I feel like, I feel like a rock star, honestly, but I'm like, it's all because I, I learned how to actually activate like my big toe and the muscles uh, deep in the foot. So yeah, it's, it's a total game changer. Yeah, for sure. And I think another good point is, you know, you put yourself in custom orthotics, but also think about the shoes that have a narrow toe box or the shoes like I just think of like high heels or flats. Like I shoved my toes in flats when I worked in the clinic and it was very difficult for me to spread my toes out, especially on one of my, especially on my left side. But that's why I love these. I have to. I had to bring these out if we're talking about the big toe. But these are basically toe separators or separate your toe. So whenever I have, and it's kind of like if you went and got a pedicure and it's like, it's like the foam toe separators, but this is rubber. So you can do exercises in them, which I think is really cool. But it helps to spread your toes out, helps to relieve that plantar fascia and spread your toes out. So then when you're going into like a single leg heel raise, you're able to push through that big toe more versus maybe if your toes used to a narrow toe box and they're all shoved together and next to each other, they can't spread out. Well, now it it really helps to just stabilize that big toe into weight bearing exercises and then just also being able to stretch out your big toe and your other toes. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've talked about that uh, a couple of times on the podcast before, and I am a huge fan of, you know, like I use Naboso toe splays and same thing. Like I'll have them on every single day, um, either to start my day, even before my runs, as I go through some activation work, um, as I do some soft tissue, you know, mobility And then after the day's done, um, that's how I finish my day. And, you know, like you mentioned, you know, shoe fitting issues is very, very common. So even though they might not look as stylish, um, you do want to, you know, utilize a shoe that you can be able to separate those toes. um, Because if you don't and they're cramped up, then you're never using those muscles that help to stabilize your arch, like you mentioned. Um, So definitely the flexible type of, um, toe stretchers, toe splays, toe, um, spreaders, whatever you want to call them. Um, cause I, I used to use ones in the past that weren't flexible and yeah, I don't recommend those. Um, but you do want to be able to exercise, activate, um, and, and when those toes are apart, it helps us to be able to actually activate the muscles. So, 
yeah, I am a big, big fan, um, huge believer. And I think the, the slight tension and low load stretch it actually puts on the plantar fascia is a good thing as well, where it's not an aggressive stretch, but those who are dealing with plantar fasciitis, um, big fan of, yeah, the toe splay. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, if you have, if you're working 40 hours a week in a shoe that has a narrow toe box and maybe you start to develop bunions, but it's the same idea where you're not able to transmit those forces over your big toe because your toes are shoved into a smaller space. So it's not necessarily just about what your running shoe looks like that you're in for maybe an hour a day or an hour every other day, but also what are you in outside of those running shoes? Because that's going to make a big difference in what your toes look like, you know, barefoot. And you can even just look down and see what do your toes look like? Can you spread them out or are they, do they look like they're all clumped together? So I think it's just important to know what are you also doing outside of running? Oh, great, great point there. Um, and yeah, we tend to focus as runners on like, what is the best running shoe I should be getting, right? Um, yes. What is the best shoe that's going to make me faster? Uh, what's the best shoe that's going to get rid of my plantar fasciitis? But it is, you know, the amount of time that you're spending running versus like if you're standing all day at work, um, that's going to make a big difference, right? In the proper footwear. Um, and I think we kind of alluded to this, but um, is there a specific way that we can really improve like big toe push off specifically with running? Yeah, definitely. So, one of the ways that I like to even start with working on the push off is really to just walk around your house barefoot and emphasize the push off. So it really looks like slow motion walking where you're lifting your heel up as you're pushing off the ground, you're emphasizing your knee bending. So now you're getting that nice big stretch into big toe extension, and then you swing your leg through. And I think just recognizing that's what it feels like to push off your big toe can be humbling in itself, but also walking barefoot and just feeling that big toe extension. And then also working into plyometrics, any plyometrics where you're really moving forward, like a broad jump or a single leg jump moving forward, emphasizing big toe. Again, should not be done in running shoes. This should be done in barefoot or barefoot shoes, like zero drop shoes, just so you can really get that big toe moving and emphasize it and strengthen it. But any sort of plyometric is really going to work on that big toe extension. I love that. Um, yeah. And even before I go to plyometrics, you know, two kind of classic extras that I like to add for my runners is for those that are ready for the next step of like calf strengthening, um, if you guys, I'll try to describe this uh, as best audio form. If you're like leaning into a wall and now you're standing on one leg, so your ankle is flexed and now you do a single leg calf raise where your hands are kind of leaning onto the wall, that is going to encourage even more stress and flexion of that big toe um, from like a mobility and a stability standpoint. And then I like to do one that I like I call an explosive lunge, uh, where you do like a reverse lunge and then you explode with the opposite leg, like to a bench height. Right. And you're mm -hmm. really working on like that triple extension where we're getting like mm -hmm. extension of our hip and our knees fully straight and our ankle and our calf is pushing off, but our big toe is extending. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, making sure, like you mentioned earlier about the ankle, not rolling out that you're driving that big toe down into the ground. Um, and it's just such a great like functional movement pattern for runners because it's like asymmetrical, right? We have like arm swing in the opposite direction. We're strengthening our glutes. You know, we're getting those activated. We're working on big toe extension. We're working our calf strengthening, which is a common impairment that we see in a lot of our runners. Um, and yeah, those are great ideas in terms of like plyometrics and, you know, turning that into some jump training for runners um, as well. So. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. And the beauty of that exercise, like anything with triple extension is that you're also working on big toe mobility. So you're stabilizing the big toe, working on, you know, about to push off the big toe and pushing off big toe plus getting into that mobility, which I think is pretty cool because it doesn't have to be, you know, a whole separate event 
to work on your big toe. Once you get toe yoga down, once you get the foundation down, then it's just maintaining and improving that power just like you would with any other muscle. I love it. I love it. And as we get down the final stretch, like this is the last question that we asked all our guests. I could ask you about like the one misconception about the big toe, but I have a feeling like I love the whole thumb analogy. So I'm not, and it's going to be like, you know, people don't even know it does anything for running probably, but you know, what is kind of the, the, the misconception about like staying healthy as a runner? Um, what would that misconception be? Yeah, I think it goes off of what I was just saying. And that is that you don't have to do all these different things to stay healthy as a runner. You know, it can, it doesn't have to be a full-time job. I think social media can be super overwhelming with everything that you have to do, but as long as you have a plan that works for you, just stick with it. It's when things go off the rail that maybe you need to add something new, but it's, again, you can get a lot done in a strength training session, working on big toe even, you know, and working on post-run mobility. But on the flip side of that, flip side of what I just said, you also can't control every injury. Injuries are going to happen. It's part of the sport. You can't control every single thing for injury prevention. So I think understanding that, you know, you don't have to be in the gym for two to three hours at a time when you're strength training just to get everything done, work every single muscle, but also injuries do happen even if you do everything in your power to prevent them. Because at the end of the day, running as a sport and with sports, there are injuries. I love that. And yeah, so don't get overwhelmed, runners. I'd like all the information out there. And if you can get it in a condensed way and and really focus on what you need to focus on in your running journey, I think that's super important for some of us. It is strength training. Um, if you've never strength trained before, then yes, like strength training is going to give you those benefits for others. It's the training aspect of running and you're just running all of your easy runs like too hard and you're not actually serving the purpose of the run, right? And you're not building up your aerobic capacity. Um, so I love that and really, you know, not trying to tackle too many things at once and it doesn't need to take an extreme amount of time to stay healthy as a runner. I love that. So guys, just kind of like recapping, putting a little uh, like, you know, bow on today's episode, Dr. Lisa really covered like, why is foot health important for us runners? What is, why is the big toe important uh, for running itself? And how do you know if you have a problem of the big toe? So we talked about like how you can self-assess that. And we talked about strategies to improve big toe mobility. And then we talked about what happens if you don't have enough stability of your big toe. And then we talked about some strategies to improve the stability of your big toe. And then really integrating that into push off with running. And how do we kind of put that all together? Um, Because we are running right? And we need to make it kind of functional and like bridge that gap into how you're using the big toe for running. Um, So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode in which you learned something about the big toe and how important it is for us runners. Um, I'm sure there are going to be so many runners who really resonated with your message today, uh, Dr. Lisa, about running and training and want to follow all of the great content that you are sharing to your running community on your end. You know, where is the best place that our healthy runner community can connect with you? Yeah, I would say on Instagram, Dr period, Lisa, period, DPT, almost forgot my username. And then also I have a podcast called Rehab for Runners as well, where I dive into topics a little bit more, just like the big toe and how important it is. And um, the last thing I would like to add too, is if you're going through an assessment of the big toe and you're like, uh, I'm not really sure if, you know, my single leg heel raise, I, I don't know if my heel's coming out to the side or not. Like, I don't really know if I'm using my big toe, just try toe yoga just try toe yoga, see how it goes. And if it's not going like it should, it's not clicking like it should, then just keep working on it because I think everyone can, every runner can benefit from toe yoga. Indeed. And yeah, thank you. I will throw all of your links uh, to your podcast, your Instagram, socials, website, all that stuff in the show notes. So guys, check that out. And yeah, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your busy day to share really your expertise and educating us all of the hidden benefits of the big toe and how it really impacts our running. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you to the listener. So whether you heard this during a run, uh, maybe during your commute in your car, or you watch the video version on the Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel, I appreciate you guys. Um, if you enjoyed it, please copy the link, share it with a runner you know who is not respecting their big toe and is maybe having some foot and ankle pain and they're constantly getting injured. Uh, so send this to them. This would be super helpful for them. Um, happy running as always. Let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of our six steps to growing as a runner framework at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash grow. Two, follow our Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner.com. Three, join our free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons and trainings back here right to you. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I really, truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.